from New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. And today I'll be your host. Sandra Beck has the day off and she will return soon. And today's top discussion, our roundtable discussion, is one very interesting to me. It's about past ghosts. And our fantastic guests today are Janet Demeter from Los Angeles, Kathy Kraftke from Tyler, Texas, and Angela Breidenbach from Montana. And it's interesting because past ghosts and how we're referring to them are the memories, experiences, certain people, and even gestures and scents that may haunt you. And so we will talk today with these dynamic women about past ghosts and how they manage when the past ghosts return for a moment or a time period. And I have a quote to start us off because we we have talk radio quotes. We have sort of a theme going here. And I pulled one from Tennessee Williams. And he said, in memory, everything seems to happen to music. And I, I tend to think that's right. When my past ghosts come back, there are soundtracks that go with it, and they're either ominous or sweet and lilting. It just depends on what those past ghosts are. They're not always negative. But I would love to know, Kathy, you have more amazing quotes, I know. Can you share one and start the discussion on what is it about past ghosts in our lives that we find so fascinating? Well, you know, Linda, because you know my story, I have so many things in my background that have contributed to the person I am today, and some of them are not very happy. There are really sad, tragic things and tragic decisions I made. So I really love one of Nelson Mandela's quotes, because think of all he had to forgive, Mm -hmm. right? So what, what he said is, forget the past. And I, I like that for a lot of number of reasons, but I don't forget my past. I embrace it. I'm just happy to be the person I am today. But I also know we have to forgive and let go of some of those very terrible hurts. And in his case, he forgave so many people and really was a picture of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And after, grace. Yes, after apartheid. So I think I think his quote means the most to me because he just forgave other people so beautifully. He set such a high example of that. and. But for me personally, the hardest part has been forgiving myself on something. So I don't know, but that's a great topic. I was so glad when you emailed us ahead of time so we would know what, what our conversation would be about today. And so happy to be joined by <clears throat> neat women today. I'm really excited about the other dynamic women on the program today. I am as well. And, you know, past ghosts, they, they do tend to come up for all of us. So, Janet. What is your opinion on past ghosts and what is it about them that haunts or or pleases you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me with you today. It's really a privilege. Um, <laughs> it's our pleasure, believe me. And I really feel it's it's an opportunity to um, just affirm what I've learned in my life is 
is true. And to affirm that that's always a growing and onward and upward process <laughs> because we're never done. And one of the re- one of the reasons I think that we are revisited by sometimes by ghosts we thought we had already reckoned with is mm-hmm. because there's still s- uh, some place inside where there's a healing opportunity and and need, and it usually corresponds with other challenges we're having in our life at the same time. So I really believe in the kind of holistic picture of our lives, and I and I also believe that. Um, they are in a form messages from um, from our higher self or from our many, I believe, guides that we have around us that sometimes we're aware of them and not. But um, I think it's really important to pay attention to this. And my saying would be don't sweat the small stuff, but uh, keep working out for the big. <laughs> because if you stay fit and you stay, um, you know, honest with yourself because I find that you know it's hard to forgive yourself and that's always my biggest challenge um I'm usually have I'm I mean it's easier for me to forgive others than it is to forgive myself and um sometimes that can be used as a sticking point for other things but um I really do uh I really do think it's hard to forgive yourself if there's somewhere you're not really coming clean and so I, I, I believe that rather than to be afraid or to be um, upset by something coming up that, because usually if something is haunting you, it doesn't always have a positive connotation. <laughs> no, it's a hard <laughs> word to be positive about. I agree. It is. But if you, as, uh, as our, uh, our other guest said, if you, if you embrace it and realize that all of these, you know, all of life is really about coming to love, then, then you know there's a message in it somewhere. And just be, instead, instead of making, having, you don't have to make a big decision about it or judgment on yourself or anyone else about it. Allow it to be there and just remain open to learning. And the answers always come. Mm-hmm. Angela. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Hi, welcome. What is your thought about past ghosts and, you know, how do you manage them in your life and do you find them challenging, difficult, or do you embrace them? I, at one point, really found them challenging because you you can't stop thinking about some of these things, whether they're mistakes or people or things that you've left in the past. And so it's it's really like chewing the cud, like a cow chews the cud, you know. And it's difficult to stop your mind from spinning on those things and focusing on those things that are painful. Um, so I came up with a way similar to to what our last guest was talking about, where you start to embrace them and you start to recognize that those experiences and those people were possibly highlight moments in your life, mm-hmm. whether good or bad. But those highlights give you the opportunity to make choices. And once you make a choice, from there, you have a chance to change your life moving forward. And I was talking to a friend yesterday about those highlight moments. And I said, I hope that when I am really old and I'm remembering in the past, that what God will gift me with are memories of the good highlight moments Mm -hmm. that I can go back and say, that was a moment I experienced love. That was a moment I experienced laughter. And so now I look for moments in the day 
that can be a highlight of that day and mm-hmm. hang on to that. I love that. I love that because, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in a gratitude journal before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it is such an easy thing for me to find things to be grateful for. It at times was difficult, but I would like to go back to, and revisit something that two of you said, which was that it's hardest to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. and couple that with it may be an area where we maybe haven't come clean with ourselves as well, which is what Janet mentioned too. So Kathy, can you comment on that? Oh yes, I'd just love to. And I'm eager to hear more about what Angela was saying about the mm-hmm. loving past things because I was thinking about, you know, sometimes when you're talking to just the right person, the light bulb comes over your head and your brain and you're like, oh, I get it. In her case, I just know how much she loves drama and storytelling. And I was thinking, (laughs) I was thinking about my past. And uh, one of the things that you ladies, I know some of you know, but maybe not everyone in this circle. Well, certainly our listeners don't know is I have really a sad story from my youth I was in an unplanned pregnancy which I ended in an abortion and so that story or that history and experience I had was very traumatizing mm-hmm. and and yet here I am over 30 years later and the Lord is just using that when I say the Lord I mean I have a I love I love what I know somebody has already mentioned higher self but I really believe that God exists and created the universe, and I believe in the um, divine, I forget what they call that, uh, higher, not higher intelligence, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not pushing that on anyone else, but I just think sharing my story, I always have to be clear where I'm coming from. And so anyway, I just, I love the idea that this light bulb that went, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. I get excited about these ideas. (laughs) It's good. The, the listeners are going, please just get to the point. So the light bulb <laughs> in my head talking to you gals is, okay, that is so tragic and so sad that for years I couldn't even talk about it. I was haunted by this decision I had made. And yet now, 30 years later, I have so much joy in knowing that as I got the courage to share my story, mm-hmm. it became a reference point for young women who made choices not to abort their children, but to give life and birth to them. And now I know some of those little kids are getting older. So when I began talking in public about that, I I wasn't a fringe benefit I expected. I just did it because I knew it was the right thing to do. But now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know all these little kids and that are, you know, four five, six, seven years old now. And, and so that's just a beautiful thing. And, and anyway, having Angela on the show today, I thought she's going to love the drama of that and the, the <laughs> followed by the joy. It's like a happy ending to a really sad story, if that makes sense. There's a Every time there's a drama in our lives with my friends and uh, writers and things like that, we actually say, man, that's going in a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Janet? Yeah, well, you know... Um... <laughs> Thank you for that, that story because it resonates with things that I've gone through as well. But what I was referring to, and also thank you for 
your spiritual predisposition because by higher self, I was referring to that greater faculty that I believe God endows us with all. I believe we're kind of like a mechanism and we have different parts and um, some people refer it refer to them in different ways and so I didn't mean to mean any kind of confusion between that and God but um, I do believe in there's one God one mind and one spirit um, yeah I, we're all responsible for what we learn um, and what we know and sometimes we don't want to remember what we know and I'm speaking for myself here no <laughs> no just, for all of us <laughs> I just recently went through a situation where I, you know, I knew I was skating on kind of thin ice and being honest with myself about a particular weakness that I have. And it was demonstrated to me actually quite mercifully um, and and kindly. And I will, uh, I know that we're coming up on a break soon here, but I'll just, I'll end with that and uh, come back to it when we come back. <laughs> You're welcome to do that. We are coming up on a break listening to I can't find my tongue dynamic women talk and if you like these shows you can find more at dynamicwomentalkradio.com and we are visiting today with Janet Demeter Kathy Krafke and Angela Breidenbach and we will have a short break and then we will come back and talk further about past ghosts in our lives how we manage them and what that experience is like we'll be right back after these short messages Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. With the days getting darker and colder, you may find that your energy is waning. It's tempting to have another cup of coffee or an energy drink. But remember, the number one way to boost your energy is through exercise. There are over 70 studies proving that people who train consistently report surges in energy. Exercise gets your blood circulating throughout your body. It also transports oxygen throughout your body, and it causes your brain to pour out invigorating neurotransmitters like dopamine. All three forms of exercise, cardiovascular, strength training, and stretching, increase your energy. So the next time you feel your energy fleeing, don't reach for that caffeinated drink. Instead, put on your exercise shoes and treat yourself to an invigorating and energizing workout. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back. And we're talking about past ghosts and our dynamic women guests are, you know, really imparting amazing wisdom. But I want to bring up in this segment that psychologists have proven, studies have proven, that it is possible to intentionally forget things. And I'm, I'm really blessed because some of the traumatic things I've gone through, I do have a good coping mechanism. And what that is for me is to be able to suppress and really truly forget very difficult past ghosts. Not all of them, obviously, but some of them. And it surprises me at times when someone will come back and remind me of a situation that I'm like, what? I don't remember that happening. And then they tell me the story a little more and I do remember it. 
But what even more surprises me, which I love, I, to me, that's a healthy coping mechanism. I'm very happy that that is, you know, I can move them aside and they're behind me. But it's those stealth memories that come up uh, that surprise you. And the difference that, that I have found and what I have read about, and I'd love to hear your opinions, is that some of those memories have enormous emotion attached mm -hmm. to them. And it's really hard to forget memories that are bright with emotion. And so I would love to know, do you have the experience of being able to suppress or, or to reduce or minimize some of these past ghosts? And when they do arise, do they surprise you because they've come back? And let's see, who did we not get to? Angela, let's go to you this time. Okay. <laughs> um, my dad taught me something once that I thought was really wonderful but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a little further than that. First, he taught me that when you experience grief, it's, it's like the ocean tide. It ebbs and it flows and it goes out and it comes in. And sometimes you feel like you're drowning. And sometimes you feel like you can wade and splash in the water and giggle with it. And so it's, it's embracing that. And when the ocean tide comes in and starts to go over your head, that's when you start to swim rather than drown. You know, the more you get used to it. And I think it's really important that instead of trying to suppress, I think it's personally, I think it's unhealthy to suppress a memory. I think it's much more healthy to stop and acknowledge it and embrace it. And put it and, in the past. And then begin to uh, change the, the rhetoric that your mind tells you about it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like if something bad happened to you, acknowledge it and say that happened but I learned this and therefore I can help myself and others by doing this and so you put a new um, spin on it and you practice that in advance before it comes up that way when it does come up you already have that new verbiage that you're going to teach your mind to say and instead of feeling the intensity of the pain you begin to um, embrace it and look at how you're going to help yourself and others through what you learned from it. Mm. Yeah, I really love that. That's so beautiful, Angela. And I, I think we might even be talking about two different things in a way because I know being ADHD, there's just a ton of stuff I don't remember. And people, <laughs> remind, like, people remind me what I wrote on a, in a column last week and I'll be like, I can't even remember that I wrote that. So I, <laughs> I do, and I do think that's a gift, like Linda was talking about, because there are things that I don't hold grudges about just because I can't possibly remember everything. So that stuff has to go away. I just have to ignore it and let it go and not waste RAM in my very limited brain for things that I don't need to remember. Mm -hmm. But there is this other thing, and because I mentioned my abortion earlier, of course, I'm going to think of that. There, there were years where I tried to suppress that and could not, and, and it, it would just keep resurfacing. And right. fin finally, I had great counselor walk me right into that overwhelming tidal wave of mm -hmm. grief and emotion and guilt and all the negative post. They had there is a post-abortion syndrome now that they've documented. So, right. But at the time, thirty years ago, nobody talked about that at all but she just walked me into that tide of overwhelming emotions and man I learned I could swim and I, <laughs> you know what I found out I was 
I was throwing life preservers to other women, not just about abortion, but about their marriages that were hurting and the mm-hmm. children they were raising that were hurting. There was just so much pain out there. When you learn to swim, you find out you can throw a life preserver to other folks. It's right. very, very cool. And and I'm curious, Janet, because you mentioned higher self. I just I just love the way on this program we just don't care what people think. We just <laughs> ourselves, you know. So I love the way you just jumped in there and clarified your perspective on higher power. I want to thank you for that and and just just rejoice because nobody on this show cares. We're we're just so happy to be who we are. So anyway, I'm curious to know what Janet would say about that. Well, no, thank you. No, I appreciate it because I learned. We're learning. We learn from each other, right. and we learn how to better express ourselves and by sharing concepts that you know. That's I don't know how else to communicate. So I, it's it, thank you for that all inclusive feeling. Um, you know, I think a big mistake that that I make sometimes is to forget that, oh, that's right. It, it's not going to, it's not always just one shot. It takes practice. Mm-hmm. And anytime you learn something new, anytime you learn a new attitude, anytime you learn a new attitude, it's like a whole different frequency of, of being. And it takes practice. We're used to operating in a certain way. And, and our minds are, are my goodness, completely habit creatures, <laughs> creatures of habit. And it takes time and practice to learn a new way of seeing, a new way of thinking, and to expect ourselves to do it, bam, just like that, isn't very realistic. But we do sometimes, don't we? <laughs> We're like, oh, I thought I should be over that by now. And so I would just say to people, don't get discouraged if it keeps coming back. Just remind yourself, take yourself back to that place in love and and bolster your your learning with the practice of meditation where you realize that you know all of life is to a certain extent observing what thoughts come in and go out and instead of identifying yourself or or jumping into fear about them just it's the mind is a monkey like the Chinese say you know (laughs) watch what it's going to do all sorts of things don't don't give it the emotional attachment that to, to control you, but realize that it's it's a, it's a guide. Our, our emotions, our mind are like a guidance system. They're showing you what needs attention. And so, you know, give yourself a break and pat yourself on the back for acknowledging a problem or seeing something that, that needs attention, uh, needs healing. And, and, you know, just encourage yourself to continue with what's working and and sharing it with others. And oftentimes, like you were sharing about your abortion experience, it's become a touchstone for helping others. Right. And helping others see themselves and see the whole experience in a new light. Because there's, oh my goodness, that's that's a huge um, potential topic of of all sorts of reactions, isn't it? I mean. Um, <laughs> I, I've been through a similar situation, and, and I'll tell you, um, uh, and, and I've also heard other people's experiences of, you know, sometimes there are motivations of all sorts that people will give you for their particular philosophy in life, and, and it's so important to, you know, just, you have to do what, 
what you know to the best of your ability and work with it from there. Anytime people are throwing judgments at you for this or that, it's, it's never really for your benefit, I don't think. But in <laughs> allowing yourself to go through experience the best you can and sharing it with others and being open to, to change and just really giving yourself the benefit of the doubt and look, it takes practice. Um, you know, give yourself give yourself a chance. You've been living this life for a while and you've repeated the same patterns over and over again. If you're trying to make a shift or a change, give yourself, give yourself the chance and also arm yourself with several different um, positive things like, like your meditation, like whatever practices make you feel good and make you feel helpful um, to others. Um, and, and, and always, always, oh my goodness, if you're really struggling with something, Get help. You know, um, there's some possibilities that might help here are some actual tips, some practical tips. Sure. When, when you find that you're ruminating, and ruminating is chewing the cud, that's what it actually means if you look it up. <laughs> and it's like, so you're chewing the cud, you're, you're going over and over those past ghosts, those past hurts, those past loves that you lost, you know. Um, those things that people said to you that were so mean that you can't get out of your spirit, that they're scarring you. Um, one practical tip is to write it down and look at the words that you use to write it down and then rewrite the story. And again, this is teaching yourself new words to use in place of the old words. So rather than ruminating all the time, what's the continuing story from that? You know, so the practical tip is, Write it down so that you get it out of yourself. And that's, uh, along with the gratitude journal, a negative emotion journal is super helpful because the negative emotion journal allows you to get it out to stop your head from spinning. Once you get it out, now you know what it is you're dealing with and you can take it to someone to help you, whether it's your best friend, whether it's your clergy, whether it's your counselor, um, or anybody, you know, like that, that's that's willing to listen and help you through to rewrite the verbiage that's going on over and over and over in your head. You know, that's my first big tip to help you with spinning rumination. That is so helpful. I once had a counselor who said, when you're having bad dreams, and that goes right along with the ruminating, because obsessions do tend to take over our mind, both conscious and subconscious. Mm-hmm. She said, rewrite the ending. Yep. So in many cases, I <laughs> yeah, I, and you don't have to, in some cases, rewrite the entire story. You can just rewrite the ending. And that's such a gift to be able to have that opportunity. I, I wish that there were more times in life that we could do that, but it is, it is something to do when we are judging ourselves very harshly and where we aren't forgiving ourselves. And a lot of these past ghosts are where we maybe haven't taken the time to put them in the past. We, we talk, I talked about suppression before, and I, I think a clearer way to say that would be I have acknowledged them and moved past them, and they're in the right. rearview mirror as opposed to suppressing. But the, the stealth memories still do surprise me, and mm-hmm. we, we are coming out of a break in another minute or two. And I would love to talk about and hear your opinions on, you know, how do we get to the place where the ghosts will not haunt us. And I'm talking about the negative ones now. And how do we forgive ourselves for the ones that we can't seem to get past because 
we seem to tell ourselves we, we have acknowledged them, but clearly we haven't if they're constantly still there. And how do we give ourselves some grace? Because grace is so what so much what we extend to others. I mean, I know all of us on this show extend grace to others very readily, very abundantly, but we're not always so kind to ourselves. And that the affirmations that were talked about earlier and the gratitude and all of those intentions are wonderful, but we don't always remember to do it. So after the break, we're going to come back and talk about forgiving ourselves and granting ourselves grace. And we are uh, Dynamic Women Talk Radio. You can find out more shows at Dynamic I wish I could speak, dynamicwomentalkradio.com for more. And we'll be back after some short breaks, and we'll be back talking to Janet, Kathy, and Angela about past ghosts and how they affect us. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. someone who says um a lot when they are speaking every language has its own version of um in english we might also use the words eh and er spanish speakers say a and japanese say eto and eno to name a few even sign language uses um studies show that these filler words make up an average of six to ten percent of spontaneous speech and that men use them much more than women So why do people splitter splutter out these filler words? It's not due to nervousness, but rather, um, holds the floor for us while we do our mental work. It buys some time for thinking when we don't have our repartee ready. My husband says they call our language the mother tongue because the father hardly ever gets to speak. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. If you want to lose weight or just to adhere to a healthy diet, the Wall Street Journal advises us to eat carbohydrates and fats sparingly. Our bodies need carbohydrates to function properly. We need complex carbs like those found in whole grains and green vegetables. The human body also requires fats to operate accordingly. It needs monounsaturated fats, like those found in avocados, nuts, seeds, and olive oil. Keep to a minimum whole milk products, fried foods, butter, and my favorite, cheese. Eliminating refined carbs like white bread, cookies, and pastas can really rev up your weight loss. Eating sugar like candy, baked goods, and sugary sodas is a big negative if you want to eat healthy and drop some weight. You need to omit them from your diet. Eat carbs and fats sparingly and see that excess weight diminish. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. Our dynamic women are continuing our discussion about past ghosts in our lives. And let's shift a little bit and talk about how we can best forgive ourselves or move to a place where the ghosts don't haunt us and and grant ourselves a little bit of grace that we extend to others but find it a little more challenging to give ourselves. Kathy, I believe you're up. You know, I just love what Janet Demeter said earlier 
I love this. She said, anytime people are throwing judgments at you, it's not really for your benefit, I think. Mm-hmm. I, no. I mean, you're probably going to see that as a meme somewhere on my website. That is so awesome. <laughs> it's good. It's also true that we don't, uh, we're not doing ourselves any favor with favors when we judge ourselves either. Right. So I, I just know, I mean, I spent those years in silence contemplating how bad I was and what a terrible decision I'd made. And really, one of the most refreshing things about that was when I finally shared that information with someone else, they didn't reject me at all. They like wrapped their arms around me. So I think that's one thing we can do is we can just give each other the benefit of a doubt. Now, there are plenty of untrustworthy people you would never share your secrets with. Mm. And as women, we have to be a little bit judicious, right? Because we all have had experiences that fired on us. But you know who your real friends are. And you can share those things with them gently and, and just share a little thing first and see how it goes. But for me. I was so fortunate to be surrounded by women and my husband and men, my brother, my, my dad. I mean, there were just so many men in my life and women, dear, dear girlfriends who just wrapped their arms around me at that moment. And, and that taught me a great lesson that people are often less judgmental of me than I am of myself. Mm -hmm. And so out of that came a kind of a cool thing for me. If you go to kathycreffy.com, I have this thing called the fact box and every time I say it, people think I say F-A-T, but I'm saying F-A-C-T. <laughs> <laughs> there is a distinction. Yeah. I, I, that is just our thing we use at our house, and it works so great. So we don't judge ideas or people or anything if we can. I mean, obviously, we're humans. We, may, we do judge things accidentally, but we try not to. And the fact box really helps us. So if you, if you get a minute, go and check that out. I'm so proud of it. If you don't see anything else on my website, that, that's my personal favorite thing. And, and I'm kind of quirky and dorky, so it's kind of funny in its own way. <laughs> just, I love that. I just can't help but be, you know, kind of weird. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that's part of my charm. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that um, your fact fact, F-A-C-T, is a, a great idea. And I, when I wrote uh, Gems of Wisdom, the, the book is nonfiction, and, it, and I interviewed a lot of women about different things. But in the research for it, I learned about how our emotions are attached to memories and that they create rivers in our brain. So when we do that ruminating, that chewing the cud, we actually deepen those memory grooves, those rivers in our brain. And if we want to lessen how quickly and how deeply and how painfully we go down that river, it's like we're on a rafting journey and we're just constantly hitting the rapids. But it's it's creating a groove or a wrinkle in our brain that goes deeper and deeper until we eventually have the Grand Canyon of memories. So what we want to do, another here's a uh, tip um, for for changing that is create new memory rivers, new grooves, new wrinkles in our brain, and attach those to emotion. So the first tip on rewriting the memory, or and in fact, I love that you brought up the dreams because people who are very creative, people who have high IQs, are known to have really really bad dreams and night terrors. Their minds just <laughs> go that way, I guess. 
And um, I, I was blessed with night terrors as a child and still can have them as an adult. And my children were too. So I helped them to, when they would wake up or when I wake up, you know, when you're in a terrible dream, I wake up and I rewrite it mentally and I go back to sleep thinking of the new thing. Well, I'm creating a new wrinkle, a new memory river in that brain uh, matter. And it's the same thing you can do if you... The reason you can remember jokes or the reason that you can remember wonderful highlight moments in your days are because they're attached to emotion. Mm -hmm. So part of creating new wrinkles, new memory rivers in your brain is attaching pleasant or happy or laughter, hilarious or deep love emotions with that memory, associating more positive emotions, as one of the other ladies said earlier. Um, But it is scientifically factual so there's one for your fact box that when you do that you can create a new memory river and you can uh, divert the memory river into a more positive one but then just creating more positive more happy memories because you're intentional about having a happy life creates more memory rivers of happiness in your brain does that make sense Angela, I love that. And I I also think there's another element here that we haven't spoken about, and that is the element of time. I think Mm -hmm. that time, age, wisdom allow us to view some of these past ghosts and memories and reframe them. Maybe we weren't who we wanted to be in those days. Maybe those around us were not who we thought they were, but Mm -hmm. maybe the As you get further from it, I think there are some times that you can reframe it so that you do attach happy memories. And those are the ones that you remember because you're right about the scientific uh, new neural connections and the redirection of the river. I love that image of the river because time and wisdom and experience and, and grace both to ourselves and to others does allow you to reframe that into a more positive thing. I think that's where you can let go of past ghosts. To me, that's the part about reconciling and acknowledging them and putting them in the past. And, mm-hmm. and that that's something that has worked for me. So I, I find that sometimes you have to give things time and you have to be patient. And women are not always patient with themselves. And, mm-hmm. and yet, if you are... You, you really can grow in a positive fashion and become, what as they say, better, not bitter. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that is very, very I like true. Yeah, well, when, I, go ahead. When you give away what you've mm-hmm. learned, mm-hmm. it also creates a new memory river. Right. There is an incredible sense of satisfaction when you help someone else through what you've Absolutely. already been through. It reframes it there for you as well. I I was raised with a paranoid, schizophrenic, manic, depressive, delusions of grander mother. And uh, it was a tough, tough life. But what happened was people kept asking me, how did you survive? How did you get through that? And friends would say, can you go to a coffee with this other friend of mine? Can you go to coffee with this other friend of mine? And that's actually where Gems of Wisdom came from was because I kept going to coffee. (laughs) (laughs) and you're now addicted to coffee but okay yes (laughs) anybody wants my friendship it simply will cost you a peppermint mocha (laughs) oh that's funny but the reality is that when you 
can reframe it by giving an, the generosity of spirit, heart, and experience to another woman. You have the opportunity to give yourself that grace and that joy that you're looking for because there's so much satisfaction in helping someone else. And I, I'm going to piggyback on that before we go over to Janet. I think that we are purposefully put through some experiences. Are they to humble us? I'm not certain. I I've grown from some of these really traumatic experiences in a way that I wouldn't have if I hadn't experienced them. But going back to the, the serving others and helping others with it, I believe we are put through other people's lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And by helping others with what we have learned, we grow, we feel better about ourselves, and we pass on that wisdom, which is why I love the sage nature of getting older because we're doing something positive with something that may not have been positive at the time. So Janet, you're next. Oh, well, I, you know, I love what I've just heard um, all around from everyone. It's very helpful. Um, The thing where I, in my life would sometimes get, get stuck is what about when you're in that place where you're just, you're very upset and you're very bombarded with these recurring thoughts and and you don't know the way out. And the first step for me is to step back and realize that this ghost is a messenger and there's a bigger picture here. The ghost is just one part trying to wake you up. And when I realize that and step back and um, this I need to do some work on it. I need to write, write down what's going on. It takes the power out of it to a certain extent. Give it a name. Paint. Do something creative to create a, a fuller picture of what this thing is. And start to, and, and tell yourself and ask your, your God, your higher self, um, your guides, however you, you interpret these things, um, for messages, for more clues about it. And, um, when you start to, to be open to gathering more information and seeing the connection, this isn't an isolated thing. If it's recurring in your life, mm-hmm. there's a bigger, like, this is a, there's a whole plane that you're trying to get a, get a higher perspective on that you haven't. So you're kind of lost in this two-dimensional, where am I, of, of a certain issue or problem um, in your life. It's just a challenge to realizing love, really. Mm-hmm. There's just love and fear and when we're unaware of of what's what's holding us back it's very important to just stop go, it's okay everybody experiences this this is a human <laughs> a human thing it's not going to kill me it's just thoughts but it's a message and give yourself time um, I know we're running out of time here but um, then the messages come and I can I can give an example of that when we get back, I know we have very little time. <laughs> I think the most important thing too, just piggybacking on what you just said, which was beautiful, is that it may be that you're being primed for your purpose in life. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> that we, we sometimes forget that we don't, oh, we don't know the total picture of our purpose. 
okay, that's always growing and changing. And, and, and oftentimes the fear comes from clinging to an old idea that simply isn't working. Okay, I have a great quote. I'm just going to... Kathy, 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 we have to go on a break. I'm so sorry. Hold your great quote because we'll go on our break and we will be right back and we'll visit with Janet, Kathy, and Angela. You're listening to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio and we'll return after these short messages. Day has been celebrated in different ways around the world. In Italy, one tradition suggests that the first man a single woman sees on Valentine's Day was the man she would eventually marry. What's a word for the first person you see after you leave the house in the morning? A qual tag. In South Africa, some women pin the name of their love interest on their shirt sleeves, following an ancient Roman tradition known as Lupercalia. This is how South African men learn of their secret admirers. In America, it is widely believed that if women don't receive a gift of candy, flowers, or a card from their guy on Valentine's Day, he's probably going to get dumped. This is usually the cause for a charrette or an 11th hour effort by men to buy their woman a Valentine's gift. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. wondered what it's like to live in a lighthouse sounds romantic but could you go without the internet hbo cell service and running water sally snowman the lighthouse keeper at boston light says it's worth it for the feeling she gets when she sits outside by the railing and takes in the view with her morning coffee what's the study of lighthouses called fairology of course, living in a lighthouse comes with a great amount of responsibility when fog or rounce rubble hobble the tumult of thunder comes along. Wickies is a nickname given to early lighthouse keepers who spent a great deal of time trimming the wick on the lamp in order to keep it burning brightly. Manning a lighthouse is not for dartle dum That's a word coined in 1893, meaning folks without energy. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back. I was talking in the last segment about the fact that I think that we go through our experiences purposefully, and it is to teach us things. Sometimes I think God has tapped me on the shoulder, and instead I needed a two-by-four, and that's why these past ghosts are still coming back. But I think the ghosts sometimes help us to view others differently and to... Um, view others differently and break free from judging both ourselves and from others it's far more open people and I'd love your opinions on that Kathy let's start with you well I love the way we were talking about as we went to the break that what our past becomes our future like it becomes the thing that sets us up for our passion and our mm-hmm. our success and our power in the future So, and I have this wonderful quote by a fellow writer who is like the king of all writers, William Shakespeare. (laughs) Yeah, I know y'all are going to love this because I know y'all have your own ways of writing and expressing and communicating ideas like he did. But 
his his quote is what is past is prologue <laughs> oh i love that mm-hmm. i i write shakespearean through my feline personal assistant muse we <laughs> My, uh, I, I do a little cat comedy, and often it is simply <laughs> to make other people laugh. And he, when when Muse gets annoyed, he writes he writes in Shakespearean English and um, with a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this is hilarious. Oh my gosh, I'm laughing now. I just can't wait to. Get, I'm going to find him. I, I put him often on my on my Facebook, just under um, Angela Breidenbach, and I I put him up there just whenever it's very random uh, i try for a couple times a week and stuff but it goes back like three years and i it's it honestly started because and here's here's an experience for y'all i had been promised a kitten that i really wanted and it was a special breed and through um whatever circumstances that kitten died and i was very angry and i never got the kitten and i was heartbroken Aww. And so I went down to a pet fair because doggone it, I was going to get a cat that day. And I, I met Muse and he was named something completely different. And he was a street cat and he was infested and he was just, you know, but he wouldn't leave me alone. And I left him there. Aww. And the next day he just still stuck with me. So I went back the next day and I got him and we went through the vet, got him all cleaned up. And uh, so then I posted, everybody was like, where's the kitten? Where's the kitten? So I posted on Facebook that, you know, the kitten had died, but Meet Muse, M-U-S-E. And, you know, every writer needs a muse, right? Every so so then I just posted a little conversation, and it was as a lark. And it continued. And what happened was I started getting private messages about these comedy conversations between <laughs> my cat and I, who prefers to be called a lion. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I was getting these these messages from moms that they were reading through my Facebook posts with Muse and Writer for their children who were in cancer treatment or painful chemo treatments or, you know, things like this. And another woman who was going through divorce and it made her laugh. And so she looked for Muse and Writer because she could find a moment to laugh in the day when she was in such deep pain. And so it became a thing for me. I'd make no money off of it. Someday maybe I'll do a book or a calendar or something, but it became a thing to make people laugh because I could see the power of change of experience when I could make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Nice. So thanks for bringing up Shakespeare. I had no plan to tell anybody about that. <laughs> this is what happens on these shows. We share all kinds of things. You know, I, I think, though, what you're talking about, laughter is also healing. Mm-hmm. Laughter allows it, it changes brain chemistry. It allows us to sleep better. It 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 changes hormone levels. It, it's very healthy. Mm-hmm. And especially when you are sad or grieving, mm-hmm. laughter is wonderful. Janet, you can talk a bit about that. Yes. Well, actually, it brings to mind something that's actually kind of embarrassing. But I, um, you know, laughter is and humor. My humor tends to be very dark and ironic because of some of my experiences but it's I'm okay with laughing about it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I have on on my show I had uh, someone on who um, you know had lost a child to DIPG, which is uh, uh, the deadliest uh, pediatric brain cancer, unfortunately, and um, it's a horrible experience to go through. But um, you know some of the ironies and things that make us angry because I went through the same experience. Um, 
when you go through an experience like that, you really you find out how little research is done for children. Um, and you learn all these horrible statistics that you think, God, if everyone knew about this, it would mm-hmm. never be tolerated. And and it's it's a it's it's a it's a mind blowing experience to go through. But on the other side, you know, when you learn how in other areas of life the same sort of things happen, it makes you laugh because you're like, of course. <laughs> but if if someone's <laughs> listening to you and listening to this show with details about a very difficult stuff, they're like, how can they laugh about that? And so I've I've taken flack a couple times for. Um, laughing at the unlaughable, but you have to in order to survive yeah. it. Unfortunately, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the way it. it, it you have, you have. If something happens to you, and others watching are going, I could never go through that if that happened to me, because that's what you think. Because it's mm-hmm. something that forces you to change your whole paradigm of how you can see of life, of life, and of your relationship with God. Everything has to grow and change to accommodate it, to realize that everything in life happens for a reason. Everything really is good in all this world, even when it doesn't look like it, even and when laughter, it doesn't feel like it to you. you laughter know? Is, is, a, is a coping mechanism. Humor is a coping mechanism that's a gift from God. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's the creator. He's the one who actually created humor. So I think he has the best sense of humor ever. And when I think about that, I think it's very appropriate to laugh whenever possible. But I just wanted to finish by saying that it's important to realize the perspective change because if you can't see that perspective change, you think it's blasphemy to laugh and uh, with reason, of course. So um, what I wanted to say was I, I use as the introduction music to my show the song that was blaring in my head um, the morning of my, my son's funeral. And it took me back to a time I had a very unhappy early adulthood uh, in and out of hospitals And I was in this therapy group, and I remembered the first time I heard that song, and I realized, oh, my gosh, yes, because it's what a wonderful world. Yes, that's the way life should be. And that I remembered that feeling, and that feeling this morning was the same, but just intensified with all the layers of love that I'd experienced with my son my whole life and, and this whole new experience that I was having in that moment. And I suddenly realized he's been in my life all this time. Mm. that I was just lucky to meet in the flesh someone or some being that is very, very, very close to me and important to me, this person that's much bigger than just this life. So I just wanted to, I wanted to end with that because um, it's, it does seem awful and harsh and cold. Sometimes when you hear someone laughing, you just don't understand how they could. Well, there's more to the story. And, mm-hmm. But it is so important to be able to have that belly laugh for yeah. after been grieving for so long. Yeah, I, I'm just going to jump in here, Janet. I, I grew up in a home where my dad was a medical doctor and my grandfather was and my uncle and one of my cousins. I mean, we just a lot of nurses in our family. So that was sort of the family business was being at the hospital. And I made rounds with my dad as a little bitty kid. And and we had such a ironic kind of humor. And, and it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that many of the medical people that we knew and hung out with were so compassionate that they had to have a coping mechanism. And that was their way 
of coping. And so all of us kids just learn that kind of humor and learn to appreciate and respect that underneath the humor is this very tender Mm-hmm. kind of understanding and empathy that has to find expression somewhere. And and also, you know, one thing about being at the hospital all the time is people learn to look past the physical. And so a lot of the physical things that happen, like vomiting or, you know, diarrhea or whatever, I mean, they kind of do become comical because they're so looking past the physical hurt to the emotional and spiritual well-being of the patient that mm-hmm. some of the physical things just become kind of funny. And anyway, I, I just thought I'd mention that as we're talking about how our experiences, especially our hurts and our ghosts and our trauma from past, help us view each other's other people differently. And, you know, Linda started this segment about grace. And at our house, we have this saying, grace is what we what God gives us while he waits for us to realize we need his mercy. I love that. And so I think what what our experiences and our traumas do, and especially when we give ourselves mercy for some past mistake, it really frees us up to give mercy to each other and also to wait for the other people around us to realize they they need mercy and, and it's okay for them not to know it yet or not be able to receive it yet and to just give them grace in the meantime. There There's something about that whole, uh, like, I don't want to miss a chance to miss Jack's Angels Foundation. I, I just, I just love what you've done, Janet, with your pain. And I love oh. the fact that you can even laugh at some of that and, and share joy in the midst of such deep sorrow. I still make plenty of mistakes. <laughs> I think the one thing that in all of this that has helped me with past ghosts and, and people who have hurt me is to ask God to help me to see them through his eyes. Mm -hmm. Because if I see them through my eyes, I see all their faults and all my anger and all the pain they caused me. But if I see them through his eyes, I see them through how much he loves them. And I want to do that. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That is very strong. Ladies, I I want to thank you so much for being on Dynamic Women Talk Radio this morning. We've been visiting with Janet Demeter, Kathy Krafke, and Angela Breidenbach. And we are just always so, we gain so much from these conversations. And as you can tell, there's no judgment. There's just open acceptance. And I'm always learning so much from these programs. If you want to hear more, go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com, and many, many shows are there. We will continue to talk about these universal topics that women talk about, but so often we can't because the conversation shut down in our (laughs) friends and family and our world. And so this is a safe place to come join us and to learn more about all the things we think about, and here you can actually talk about about them. Thank you for listening to us today. And ladies, again, thank you so much for participating today. Thank you. It's been an honor to meet you all. (laughs) I've been inspired by you all. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are 
discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 